You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Um, yesterday was a good day. Yes. We drank a lot. Yes, we did. It was worth it. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. I wasn't too hungover this morning. No. I was the happiest person. I was like, I have a tiny bit of a headache. I'm going to take some aspirin and drink some water. And it was pretty good. There you go. Yeah. Whereas I was like, at 5.30, my cat was like, hey. And I was like, you know, I do need some water. You're so right. <laughs> and she was like, but I'm starving. I hate drinking water in the middle of the night. Simply because when you drink water in the middle of the night, no matter who you are, you gulp it down like a fucking beast. And gulping noises disgust me. But you gulp water down when you wake up in the middle of the night because you're dehydrated. And no, I don't care who you are. Everybody does it. And gulping noises gross me up so bad. But no matter how I try to not be gross and disgusting <laughs> and everybody does this, I know they do. You're still like, like, it's gross. It's so funny because of course I never thought about this. Yeah. Before. Now all you're going to hear is that when you yeah. drink water in the middle of the night. I mean, thankfully it doesn't bother me that yeah, much. Yeah. Gulping gross noises gross me out. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome for that. Cool. <laughs> you're welcome, listeners. Now yeah. you learned a new thing. We both learned it, so we can all <laughs> feel disgusted and unhappy together. <laughs> Yay! So here we are, living our lives, being living people, lives, being people post-election, feel post-election. a lot of stress. Yeah. I'm not like just the side of vomiting yeah. at every time. So it's good. It's good. Yes. We have some new flavors of Bud Light Seltzers. Yes. So they were on sale, so I bought them when I bought champagne yesterday. There we go. What are you drinking over there? Strawberry. Strawberry. And that one's not new. I was going to say that is not new. I think all of them except the strawberry are new. Oh, okay. But all I know is it didn't have black cherry in it, so I said... Yes. Sounds good. I wonder what cranberry's like. It's pretty good. The cranberry one is really yummy. I like it a lot. And it's I very, figured, like, folly. I figured if I didn't really like it, you'd be okay with it because you told me the story about all the cranberry juice you used to drink. Oh, my God. That's true. <laughs> I did tell you that story. Well, sometimes people need to be informed that there is a cranberry museum in Plymouth. <laughs> So if you ever go to Plymouth, Massachusetts, and you're trying to see the Mayflower, and somebody tells you that it's all fake because it fucking is, yep. And if there's any child that's like me and all around there, they'll stand around the Plymouth Rock itself and be like, you know, that's fucking that's fake, not real, because it's really fun to say that to tourists. Uh, you can go to the Cranberry Museum. You're welcome. Free plug. <laughs> Send me some cranberry juice for cocktails, I guess. <laughs> That's fair. Is it specifically Ocean Spray? I think so. And I have no idea if it's still there because it has been probably 20 years since I've been there, but... (laughs) Oh, history. The Pilgrims didn't land at Plymouth Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, in case you didn't. (laughs) Also, the Mayflower there is clearly, obviously fake, and the real Mayflower got made into a farm that they found in, like, Middle America. I mean, makes sense, because they needed fucking uh, supplies. They just brought their shit with them. Yeah, 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Let's break down this boat because we need to make houses. Thankfully, they told us exactly where the exact rock was that they stepped on so that we can look back and say, America! Ew. Yeah. Um, this is actually a timely conversation, though. Uh-huh. This is going to come out the week of Thanksgiving. Oh. That was a coincidence. Talking hey. about cranberries. And yeah. now you have a history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> a Plymouth Rock. It's a very brief one that I did zero history for. History? <laughs> oh, research. Shit. <laughs> I did zero history for this. <laughs> The only history is my history. <laughs> All right. Yeah. What are we on? 31. Because last week was 30. Holy shit. I fucking know. Holy shit. Every week it's holy shit. Yeah. But it's really getting to be holy shit. It's like it keeps getting more further and holy just, shit. Holier more and more shittier. <laughs> what happened? When this is the holiest and shittiest episode. It has to be the last one. <laughs> We're done after this. We can't be done until I talk about 20 topics of Christmas. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) On the 11th podcast of Christmas, my brand new gift to me. (laughs) You know, it's coming. It's 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 on its way. Yes. (laughs) All right. It's like a tidal wave. You know it's coming. All of the like ocean just went out and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, shit's going down. Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. <laughs> this is But, but first, first, Let's, let's talk, talk Nerdy. Click. All right. So. Today. Yes. Like I said, this is going to be coming out two days before Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. I'm going to make Martha cook our turkey. Yes. She offered. So, my story. My story. <laughs> my, my topic today. My personal story. My personal story. Is... The true story of Pocahontas. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Yeah. She didn't marry John Smith and paint with the colors on one. She didn't marry John Smith in the Disney movie either. No, I know. (laughs) Ooh, John Smith. I had one fifth grade teacher who, when it came out, like railed against everything that was super wrong about it. It I mean, there's a lot. (laughs) And (laughs) it was one of those things where, as a fifth grader, I was like, Okay, this is the hill to die on. That's fine. You're not wrong. <laughs> you aren't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm not gonna be picking apart the Disney movie today, but because, I'll just yeah. just by telling the telling the actual stories <laughs> of it, it'll automatically pick apart the Disney movie. <laughs> not that I don't enjoy the Disney movie, and not that I don't wish that's what poor Pocahontas's life was really like. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> My sources today, I found an article called Pocahontas' First Marriage, The Poetan Side of the Story by Phoebe Mills Ferris. Oh, sorry. It was on two lines. <laughs> and she has three names. What do you want from me? It's okay. Um, History.com, SmithsonianMag.com. And then I wrote an article on uh, the HumanityArchive.com uh, called The Real Story of Pocahontas. So the story of Pocahontas is one uh, that's filled with tons of myths and misinformation between the Disney movie and the very little information I remember learning from it in school. Hmm. Most of what we know about her is not at all the true story of the Native American princess. Disclaimer right here. Gonna try not to butcher these names real hard, hmm. but I'm probably gonna get most of them wrong. Okay. Anyone wants to send a like a Let us know. phonetically yes. right way mm-hmm. to say these things, I will relearn them. Yeah. I'm gonna try my best. Get cool. ready for this. I'm 
<laughs> I'm fucking hyped. You know I love pronouncing a thing. <laughs> All right. So the narrative uh, that is most known of Pocahontas is her turning her back on her own people and allying with the English, thereby finding common ground between the two cultures that, uh, and it has endured for centuries. Where did this narrative come from? Since uh, from what we can be told today, it is grossly inaccurate. Propaganda. So... How did the wrong history come to be what we know as fact today? There are a few different reasons. First, John Smith himself. Oh, no. He wrote about how she, the beautiful daughter of a powerful native leader, rescued him, an English adventurer, from being executed by her father. But in actuality, Pocahontas' life was much different than how Smith or mainstream culture tells it. It's even disputed whether or not Pocahontas, at age only 11 or 12, even rescued the soldier and explorer, uh, or if Smith just misinterpreted it all as a ritual ceremony, or even if it was just lifted to from the tale of a popular Scottish ballad. Oh, wow. Second, Native Americans tend not to write things down. They instead pass down history from generation to generation, all verbally, or what is known as oral tradition. So this means the only side of the story we're really getting is the English side of the story. We know how the English are, but literally any time they have a side of the story. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. The story that Pocahontas was head over heels in love with John Smith has lasted for many generations. John Smith himself said it himself in the colonial period, which is creepy (laughs) because she was no more than like 12 Mm -hmm. and he was around 27, but is also the 17th century. So, And it's also literally any white dude who's like, she's totally in love with me. Ew. So, you know, gross. We're not. Either way. We're not in love with you. No, we're not. I'm 12. (laughs) <laughs> I don't actually know what love is, but I do like unicorns. Uh, this romance story did die down for a bit, but was born again after the revolution in the early 1800s when we were really looking for nationalist stories. Ew. Ever since then, it's lived in one form or another, right up to Disney movie and even today. So... What is the most true story we can put together of this Native American princess? Let's try to figure it out. <laughs> so her story starts around 19, uh, 19, 1596. <laughs> Shit. 1596, being born to the chief of the Pahatan, also called Wahun Senaka. That sounds good. We're going with. Yeah. He's the formidable leader of more than 30 Algonquin-speaking tribes in and around the area that the early English settlers would claim as Jamestown, Virginia. His rule was... An estimate of 13K to 34K people. Jesus. Uh, So, fun fact that I just found out today. Uh Pocahontas is not her real name. Her given name was Matoaka at birth and then nicknamed Pocahontas, which means playful one. And she also had many brothers and sisters. So, in 1607, when Pocahontas was anywhere from about 10 to 12 years old, Strange people from New World came and founded Jamestown, John Smith being amongst them. It wasn't long after they settled that Smith was captured. There are a few different accounts of his time here, but while he was a prisoner among the Native Americans, we know that he spent time with Pocahontas and they were teaching each other basic aspects of their language. This is known because in some of Smith's surviving notes, there are sentences written that say, tell Pocahontas to bring three baskets, or Pocahontas has many white beads. 
you can just imagine seeing this man and a little girl trying to teach each other each other's language. Mm-hmm. In one case, English, and the would other be case, heartwarming if there wasn't him being like, she's in love with me. Which he. She could have been with a 12 year old. I mean, you get infatuated when you're yeah. 12. D12 is actually yeah. the worst, so. It's true. Some of his notes were in the fall of 1607, and they these were actual sentences and said she would repeat them in Algonquin, and then he would write them down. Oh. Yeah. So those were the notes. That's cool. As they tried to communicate each to each other in completely different languages. Oh, who doesn't love that? <laughs> Why Pocahontas was the one that was always around him, we don't know. It doesn't... There's no reason why she was the one that was, like, she was meant to be his keeper. Was bored. <laughs> was like, yeah. he's different. I'm interested. Yeah. And she was what? Uh, she was a princess? She was the princess, or yeah. she was one of them. So maybe she was doing less, like, mm-hmm. menial work yeah. or whatever. We can't all Excuse befriend me. raccoons and hummingbirds. <laughs> she didn't have any hummingbird or raccoon friends. Boo! I'm going home. <laughs> we do have to remember that her, her nickname they gave her was Playful One. So, so she, she definitely did. did have a free spirit. Mm-hmm. And so she probably was beyond interested by the weird blonde man. Yeah. And probably raccoons. And, and hummingbirds. hummingbirds. And then pugs. And pugs. And talking trees. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't be interested in a talking tree? That's freaky shit. <laughs> All right. Anyways, John Smith's release has a few different versions, and no one knows the exact story. One account says that he was brought before the great Powhatan, where he encountered the natives with clubs ready to end him. Suddenly, Pocahontas intervened and put her head on his, saving him. And in, ni- in 1624, I always do that when I say dates. It's in 1624, Smith wrote that she risked her own life to save his, which maybe she did. But modern scholars think that if this is what happened, she was probably just playing a scripted part in some kind of adoption ceremony. Because afterward, the Powhatan apparently started calling Smith his son. How weird. Yeah. Also, the best thing about that potentially being like, oh, you really, 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 really got this wrong, is that it's incredibly hilarious. Yep. They're like, oh, we're adopting you. And he's like, please don't kill me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you had a bunch of people raising clubs and you were, like, tied down and they're about to bash your head in. It would be a bad time. And and they're pretty sure, like, he has no idea what their customs or rituals or anything are like. You could probably say, like, seven sentences and they probably all have to do with... Raccoons and hummingbirds. <laughs> exactly. And he knows how to say goodbye and hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's the <laughs> library? No, that's not not quite. <laughs> I need to go the bathroom. <laughs> All right. That's also not quite the same problem because you just go anywhere. This is true. Where's the bathroom? Uh, have you looked around? <laughs> we live in nature. I don't think there's indoor plumbing yet. <laughs> no. No, there is not. Other sources say that they simply held him and questioned him for a bit, and then they just let him go. It's debated because Smith actually wrote different versions of meeting the leader of the Pow- Powhatan. Um, I keep wanting to put the T and the H together, and that's there's a letter in between them, and the H <laughs> comes before the T. So, so, yeah, typical guy making shit up. Mm-hmm. 
John Smith. It's like, well, the first version was good, but the second version could is be that better. My dick is three inches longer in the second version also. It doesn't get mentioned, but it's true. <laughs> oh, you're the worst. <laughs> Pocahontas became known by the colonists as an important Powhatan emissary. She occasionally brought the hungry settlers food and helped successfully negotiate the release of the Powhatan prisoners in 1608. Dates are hard! (laughs) She had learned English and would often be the means of communication between them. Though it was broken, but better than anyone else. But relations between the colonists and the natives remain strained. Because English white people suck. I meant to say this a second ago, but do you think they were just hazing John Smith into their family? <laughs> Could be a This is the only ritual. way that you get to join. Yeah, we almost back your skull in. Mm-hmm. It's really just to see if we can make you pee your pants. It's true. And if you don't, then you get to join the family. And if you do, then we all laugh at you. Win-win. <laughs> yeah. Congrats, <laughs> <Rats> anyways. <laughs> All right. So by 1609, the drought, starvation, disease have ravaged the colonists, and they became increasingly dependent on the Powhatan to survive. Desperate and dying, they threatened to burn Powhatan towns for food. So the chief, not letting the stupid colonists starve, suggests a barter with Captain Smith. Though apparently negotiations collapsed and the chief supposedly planned an ambush to execute Smith, but Pocahontas warned Smith of her father's plans and he was able to avoid execution. Mm-hmm. Soon after, though, Smith was in- injured and had to return in uh, to England. And with his departure, whatever good relations the natives and settlers had were lost, were started to deteriorate. And to top it all off, Pocahontas and her father were told John Smith had died. The colonists were literally just like, yeah, no, he's dead. (laughs) You're with us now. (laughs) What what happened to him? Oh, he's dead. He's dead. He didn't make it. I don't want to have to fill you in on anything because it's too much work. So here's this. (laughs) So not long after Smith left, it was possible that Pocahontas was married in 1610, when she was around 14 to 15 years old, a William Starchy and secret- the secretary of Jamestown Colony made an entry of young Pocahontas, a daughter of his, using sometime to our fort in times past, now married to a private captain called Cocoam. Oh! Yes, so Cocoam is real. Hey! Also, Old English has a hell of a lot of extra E's that mm-hmm. they don't need in it. Middle English. Oh, okay, Old English whatever. is way worse. Ugh. I was like, why are there so many E's on these words? Because they're fancy. Young and has an had E. The vowel shift. Sometime has a Y mm-hmm. in it. Old timey. Times has a Y in it. Mm-hmm. Now has an E in it. Captain has an E in it. Oldie timey pubby. The fuck down. Exactly. Youngy, nowy. Youngy, nowy. <laughs> That's my rap name. <laughs> and then um, it said in 1611, she had given birth to a son. This is unfortunately where this poor sweet girl's life gets turned upside down and becomes a tragic story that we just never hear about. Mm-hmm. So about three years into peaceful life. So she's married to Kokoam. She, she has a kid. 
1613, she's now about 17 or 18, she was kidnapped and held hostage. Captain Samuel Argall, a recent arrival to Jamestown, heard about Pocahontas and hashes a plot to take her as a royal hostage. After years of the Anglo-Palatan War, he reasoned he could use her to checkmate the tribe into English demands. What a fucking twat. White guys. Yeah. Yes, so he kidnaps her. (laughs) And... Argyll informs Chief Powhatan that he wouldn't return Pocahontas unless he released English prisoners, returned stolen weapons, and sent the colonists food. Much to Pocahontas' dismay, her father only sent half the ransom and left her imprisoned. Why send half the ransom at all? That's the real question. You might as well not send anything. (laughs) I was going to say, you know you're not going to get her back for half. So you might as well hold on to it because you'll probably need it. They're probably like, we don't want your dumb white boys anyways here. send them some seeds and be like, learn how to fucking cook, (laughs) you stupid nerds. You have to grow first. I'm sorry that you can't do anything and now you're all starving. (laughs) And by that, I mean, I'm absolutely not How come you keep trying to demand things from us when we keep just giving you things to survive? Yes. Here's some (laughs) more Haven't you heard of Roanoke? Can you please leave us alone? Also that. (laughs) God damn. That's a talk for another day. Here's the other thing. <laughs> if anybody else had heard of Roanoke, they would have been like, maybe we won't help you because it was a bad idea. There's As actually, it turns out, was a bad well, idea. It was a bad idea. There's actually a... So Roanoke happened before Jamestown. And there's actually a, a... I think it might be in John Smith's stuff where he asked him about Roanoke. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I killed all of them. That's awesome. Because John John Smith was the leader of Jamestown for a while. So he was like, you should probably figure out what happened in Roanoke so that doesn't happen again. But more than likely, that's not what happened in Roanoke. But he just was like, oh, I kill people. I mean, sometimes you've got to throw around your weight to make yourself look like a boss. You know what happens? This is why people don't fight me. Because for a period of time, I talked a bunch of very loud shit. And now everybody leaves me alone. Um, Martha does this sand tall behind me. Yeah. I have a lot of angry short friends, and that's really, really good. <laughs> so while in captivity, Pocahontas lived in the settlement of Henricus under the care of a minister named Alexander Whitaker, where she learned about Christianity, Boop. English culture, Boop. and Pocahontas, more than likely forced to convert to Christianity, was baptized and became Lady Rebecca. Oh, boo. <laughs> Jesus. There is unfortunately no evidence to show whether she truly or willingly converted or she was just doing it as a need to survive. But let's take a guess. But let's take a fucking guess. Mm-hmm. It gets deeper. So let me no. kind of go into the basic of what we know of it. And then it goes even deeper. So during her capture, this is where she met John Rolfe a widower and tobacco planter. Uh, Though unclear, it does seem that they may have fallen in love with each other. Powhatan eventually agreed to the terms of her release, but she decided to stay stay in the settlement with John Rolfe as opposed to going home. The Powhatan may not have believed this, though. One of the surviving ancestors who have come forward to tell their story of Pocahontas 
says that it was more of a survival or a Stockholm syndrome. Sounds right. It was recorded that Minister Alexander Whitaker treated her more like a guest than a captive. Then she was held captive for a year before her release, and her father had mostly abandoned her. So that probably I was say, he gave feel them right. half the ransom. <laughs> I would be. I'm, I, Half the ransom. All or nothing, Dad. (laughs) Half the ransom is basically an insult. It's an insult to literally every single person involved. Because you lose your money. I feel like shit because you wouldn't give enough money. And then they don't even get enough money to do anything about it. Everybody gets fucked. (laughs) Everybody's just madder now. (laughs) Um, The couple decided to marry. Maybe for love. Maybe. Not. (laughs) Not. Maybe some political purposes. So, I mentioned John Rolfe because he's important in the next part. But yes. let's mention when she was captured. It is unclear what happens to Pocahontas's first hus- husband, Cocoam. According to oral history, though, Cocoam was murdered before the ship that Pocahontas was on- set onto sail for Jamestown when she was captured. Boo! Especially if he was as yeah. hot as he was in the movie. Just saying. <laughs> And don't really also know what happened to their kid, but oral history also says that he was raised by possibly her mother's tribe. Okay. And he apparently has surviving ancestors. Oh, shit. Yeah, you know. Then I said, that's a bit uncool and fucked up. Why do white guys? Question mark. Why do white guys? a lot of that during this yeah no the whole (laughs) any story with native americans is why do white guys Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's been brought to light with the oral history that pocahontas became depressed and withdrawn during her captivity and that her captors did actually fear for her life if she was truly kidnapped and pulled from her family well she was kidnapped but if she was kidnapped and actually legit pulled from her family and child and her husband was murdered in front of her i could imagine that she would probably be depressed and maybe not want to live anymore literally just listening to this is making me depressed so (laughs) yeah They were worried because the possibility that she did not want to live meant that the ransom demands on Powhatan would not be successful. No. White guys! Um, I still need you, so please don't kill yourself. (laughs) Do that after I get what I want. Ugh. Gross. So they sent word to her father and chief, who then ended up dispatching Pocahontas' older sister, Matachana, and her husband, Utamatamakin to help care for Pocahontas. Okay. I think that's how you say them. There's a lot of T's in that word. I feel like most Native American stuff, when it has been like translated over to English, you just pronounce it all. Yeah, but sometimes yeah. they but there's put, a there's lot of letters. letters. There's a lot of letters, and then sometimes in ways that you wouldn't expect yeah. letters to be. And also, looking at all of the letters is, is scary. <laughs> Like, it's like look yeah, at this, like look long... at this husband's name. Oh, it's all one word, and it's scary. <laughs> yeah, because if it was two, le- yeah. two words, I would feel less. Well, yeah, if it was Utamata Makin, mm-hmm. exactly. But it's not. It's just Utamata a lot of letters in one giant thing. You know, he scribbles his signature. <laughs> One hundred percent. It's just a bunch of T's and M's. 
they made it when the article I was reading, they wanted to make it very clear that the sacred oral history on this part from Madachana, Pocahontas's sister, is very, very clear. It hasn't um, been, like, telephoned through history. Yeah. So... Uh, Pocahontas confided in Matachana that she'd been raped and that she believed that she was pregnant. Oh, no. So, the... That's what I'm super... Yeah. So, Mataponi oral tradition holds that Pocahontas' mixed-blood son, Thomas, was born out of wedlock prior to the marriage ceremony between Pocahontas and Rolf. There is speculation that the real biological father was a namesake is Sir Thomas Dale. Who we will get into. So like I said, Pocahontas, when she was released, decided to stay in the village and stay or stay at Jamestown or wherever they were with John Rolfe as opposed to going home. Though you have to wonder if she was like, I really like him or not. Or if it was just easier to do that than to go home to somebody who was only going to pay half your ransom. And... They decided to marry, probably not for love, maybe for love, maybe she at least liked him. Yeah. But also to hide the fact that it was the governor who raped Pocahontas and got her pregnant, and then probably for political reasons. It was probably easier to be like, hey, I'm just going to stay here than go home pregnant by some jerk-ass white dude. You never know how yep. accepted you're going to be with that sort of thing anyways. Yep, exactly. Ugh. And although the decision wasn't an easy one, since Rolf was very Christian, and Pocahontas did convert, and possibly was pregnant when someone else's baby, they did get married. They sent word to Chief Powhatan that they wanted to marry, and he did consent, as well did fucking Sir Thomas Dale, douchebag. It's unclear what happened to Kokoam, though he was probably murdered. It is known in the Christian religion, obviously. His marriage to Pocahontas was considered pagan, so not bound by the bigamy laws. And divorce was allowed in Poetown culture, which made their marriage legal. Oh, first of all, that's cool. Good on the Poetowns. Yes. And uh, secondly... Screw you, white guy. I was going to say, fuck Christianity for being like, fuck your marriage, it's illegal. It's not Christian, so it's illegal. Eat a bag of assholes. Seriously. Pocahontas does get married to Rolf in 1614. This match was considered an important step towards reestablishing positive relations between the colonists and the Native Americans. And it did bring a season of peace to the region. It is recorded in 1615 that Pocahontas gave birth to their, her first son and her new marriage with John, but who knows if this is the real date. If it is, it doesn't line up with Pocahontas' sister's claims. Uh, at the same time, dates can be easily mislabeled to cover up scandal, especially since the actual date of the baby's birth isn't recorded, mm. which isn't a normal practice for Christianity and their wedding date was recorded oh yes so it's fishy mm. yeah and 
and that's as far as we know. That is, this is the all the oral history of uh, her of her ancestors on their um, on the Poetan side. Yeah. So it's their side of the story as opposed to the English's side of the story. But apparently, the like legit legit date of his birth isn't recorded. Just a year. That's which weird. is weird. It is weird, and they even say that in the article I read. Yeah. They're like their marriage was recorded, and that's a normal practice at this point for Christianity to record these dates. So, hmm. Yeah. That makes me feel bad. Mm-hmm. And then in 1616, they set sail for England. In London, Pocahontas was revered as a princess and referred to as Lady Rebecca Wolf. She attended plays and balls, I know, and was even presented to the royal family. Much to her surprise, Pocahontas encountered Captain John Smith, who she thought she was dead. Oh! Yes. That must have been a mindfuck. Yes. So Um, she was overcome with emotion upon seeing him alive. She had a lot of joy, but she also also chastised him for the treatment of Chief Powhatan and her people. Good on her. So she was like, I'm so fucking glad you're alive, but fuck you. (laughs) But now that I'm old enough to actually explain how I feel, turns out I wasn't in love with you and I think you're a douchebag. But I'm really glad you're alive. (laughs) The Virginia Company commissioned a portrait of Pocahontas dressed in expensive clothes Uh, with an engraved label that said, Matauka um, alias Rebecca... Daughter of the most powerful prince of the Powhatan Empire of Virginia. And it's the only image drawn of her in person. Mm -hmm. And then in March 1617, Pocahontas, her husband, and her son set sail for Virginia. But they had hardly made any progress when she became gravely ill and was taken ashore at Gravesend, England. It's uncertain what disease struck her down. Some speculate it was tuberculosis, because pneumonia, dysentery, or small park, small parks, small, small parks, <laughs> small parks. She went to one of those parks that's actually just like a teeny thing fenced in. You're like, you can't, I can't even play fucking soccer here or football in England. Um, smallpox. Other believe she was poisoned. According to Rolf, Pocahontas said on her deathbed, all must die, but tis enough that my child liveth. Fancy. I hate it. <laughs> Considering Pocahontas was buried at St. George's Church in Gravesend on March 21st, and she was only about 21 or 22, so she was a fucking child. Still. Jesus! Yes. Oh my god, I didn't realize she died so young. Yes. That's so depressing. Mm-hmm. Everything is horrible. Mm-hmm. Rolf returned to Virginia, but her son Thomas remained with relatives in England. I feel like another thing that's like, well, you're not my kid, so just stay here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he returned almost two decades later at age 20 to claim inheritance from his father and grandfather and became a successful gentleman in tobacco farming. So, from his father and grandfather. So I'm guessing his father as in Rolf, Rolf. and okay. then his grandfather as in right, Chief Powhatan. Right, because Rolf is the, the tobacco farmer. Yes, yes. He is a tobacco farmer. Cool, cool. Uh, Chief Powhatan was devastated upon hearing of his daughter's death, and he died about a year later. And then when he died and Pocahontas died, relationships between the Powhatan and Virginia colonists declined rapidly. Hmm. Much of Pocahontas' life has been romanticized and sensationalized in movies and books, but written accounts and Native American oral history show she lived a brief yet significant life. She was instrumental to maintaining relations 
relations between her father and the Jamestown colonists and is believed to be the first Powhatan to convert to Christianity, probably against her will. Though there are different sides and accounts to her story, depending on who's telling it, her story is short and tragic, but she is remembered as a courageous, strong woman who left a permanent impression on colonial America. And that is some truth about Pocahontas. True shit. Damn. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's depressing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be so depressing. I'm going to go back to watching Disney. <laughs> What's new on the 42 cast? Let's ask my co-hosts. We're talking about Doctor Who. Comic book shows and movies. And we're talking about all things Star Trek. <laughs> and so much more. Check us out on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. It's only on the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. So Nathan, when are we finally talking Babylon 5? So, yes. Yesterday was a very good day for us because fascism lost, which is great. <laughs> it's always a good day when fascism loses. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of stuff to do, but we are on a very... You can't go to step two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten without step one. Exactly. You have to, like, get your fucking head through the door before anything else happens. Mm-hmm. I assume that we are headbutting through the door, even though you could probably just put your foot in the door. I plan on just slamming my whole body through the door. Hey, body slam through the door. <laughs> Excellent. I think that's the best way to do it. But yeah, um, in the past week, we have been, I would say, probably the entire country, no matter whether you're a bigot or not, <laughs> has been stressed as fuck. Um, and the only thing that has gotten us through it has been memes. Oh my god, memes. Yes. So today I am talking about the history of memes Thank and where they god, came from. because mine was real heavy I, about <laughs> bigoted men. So, thank god we're now talking about memes. Yeah, there's still a little bit of heaviness in there, but it's not too bad. Yeah, um, so my sources today are uh, the history of meme from Merriam-Webster, which is the dictionary website, from Kilroy to Pepe, A Brief History of Memes by Lenly Keep. Uh, I don't actually talk about either Kilroy or Pepe because blah. Neither is my jam. Whatever. Um, what is a meme and how did they originate by Brady Gavin. And then 11 memes that captured the decade by Asia Romano. And also some quotes from a guy named Ricky Sands who Instagram hired as their, and this is his title, Strategic Partner and Manager for Memes. <laughs> it's a sweet title. Yeah, I mean, it's... I it's, that was my title. It's a glorified <laughs> salesperson. Hey, we can always make up something else. With other responsibilities. Just put Manager for Memes on the end. <laughs> but yeah, so yay... Elections over, less fascism, more puppies. Yay, that's great. The White House is going to be much happier. Puppies! Um, I love how happy everybody is that there's going to be fucking White House dogs again. It's literally, well, first of all, there's like, it's the smallest thing. 
to make a person happy. Better. Um, and secondly, one of them is the first rescue dog. In I know. And I was like, oh, I'm crying a lot. It was like, this, <laughs> I know. Stuff about stuff. I know. Um, that's all great. It took several days of us biting our nails. So uh, the only thing that kept us sane, as we were talking about, is fucking memes. Mm-hmm. Memes of Nevada not doing their job and being tuxedo mask. Oh, best meme ever. It's like, well, you have a theme song and a rose, but nothing else. Oh, you're the best, you're like, though. I put 13% of my votes in my pocket until we needed it. It's fine. <laughs> memes of Georgia and Philly coming in at the last minute like a boss memes of Stacey Abrams as the queen of blue Georgia <laughs> all that good shit uh, and we were all on the edge together and expressing ourselves together so I was like hey you know what we should talk about that thing that I was going to talk about I changed my mind I'm talking about fucking memes <laughs> uh, where'd you come from what's up with that shit why are there so many goddamn ceiling cats how many versions of the lady yelling at smudge the cat are we going to see <laughs> So yeah, memes. (laughs) So the idea of the meme, specifically like meme, is older than you'd think. Uh, It didn't just come into meaning with the internet, though that's obviously where it exploded. The term dates back to uh, evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins uh, wrote a book in 1976 called The Selfish Gene. And according to him, basically, a meme is a cultural unit of information. And he was basically like, we need to have some like easy, quick word for this. That's, uh, I was looking at mememe. This is a Greek, which I am sure I'm fucking butchering, which is fine. Um, which is their like, it's basically imitation. And he's like, but I want it to be quick and easy in one syllable and something that sounds like gene. So here it's meme. This is my word. I'm like, you did a good job. <laughs> a plus Richard Dawkins. Um, and then he went on to describe what exactly what the word was intended to refer to. Uh, so basically, examples of memes are like tunes or ideas or catchphrases, clothes fashions, uh, ways of making pots or building arches. Yeah. So basically, just the same way that like genes propagate, uh, so memes also propagate in the meme pool. This is a quote, can you tell? (laughs) By leaping from brain to brain via a process which, in the broad sense, can be called imitation. So the word wasn't entered into the dictionary, the Merriam-Webster dictionary, uh, until 1988, 1998, when it earned a spot. I'm not the only one with date issues. I just can't speak. Period. Uh, when it earned a spot in the update of the 10th edition of the Merriam-Webster Collegiate Dictionary. But yeah, so basically uh, Dawkins coined the word in 1976, and then more than 20 years later, they were like, oh, we get it now. <laughs> That's a meme in itself. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, that said, memes as we have known to come to know them as like the visual representations of feelings, thoughts, and ideas, or just plain jokes have in some form or another been found dating back to 3 BC. Um, there's a, Everybody likes a good joke. Exactly. Everybody likes memes. Everybody likes memes. It's true, though. 
We just live in an era where it's really easy to see them now. Yes. Thank goodness. It's much easier. You would have to actually go find this one, but I'm going to show you it in a second, and we will post it on our Instagram. But basically, uh, archaeologists uncovered a mosaic, which was um, the ancient city of Antioch, and it's a piece in free frames, um, which is... There's a servant preparing a bath, and then in the second frame, there's a young man running away from the bath, being pursued by an older servant. And then the last scene is just a happy skeleton of the young man casually enjoying a jug of wine, and the um, inscription is, be cheerful, live your life. So it's basically the OG YOLO. <laughs> this is it, too. Look at him. Aww, he's having a great time he's somebody ready. was like I hey well I guess I'm gonna die if I want to have a good time but uh it's fine it's fine YOLO YOLO <laughs> Uh, there's a bunch of differing ideas for what the first meme on the internet was, but personally, I don't care about what the first one was, so we're not going to do that. This is, I'm going to talk about some big ones what or some interesting it? ones. Oh. So there was, there were a couple ideas. So Mike Godwin was a guy who wrote for Wired magazine in 1994, and he would talk in Usenet groups about um, how like discussions would turn into fights and then eventually they would end in references to Hitler or Nazism, which still happens today. So uh, he dubbed this Godwin's law of Nazi references. And then whenever like it would happen, he would pop that graph in, which would be basically like the longer you talk, the more likely somebody is going to say that somebody is a Nazi. (laughs) And it's fucking true. He's right on the goddamn money. Yeah. So that was one of the first ones. There was also, uh, like, in 1998, when the web was getting a little bit more mainstream, there was the hamster dance, which was not probably the first one. And there was a creepy dancing baby, which I think you've probably, probably. seen. Um, but Is the mashed potatoes one one? That's one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, but that's, like, that's you when... You can't you- date anything. Yeah. They all blur together. That's more recent than you would think. Really? Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that's within like the 2010s era. Oh, Jesus. Really? I know. Fuck. Help. Help everything. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so 1998, when uh, the web was getting a little bit more mainstream, but it was still a little baby web, uh, that was when the hamster dance came out. Um, so yeah, which was just a sped up version of the whistle of whistle stop, which is a song used in the credits of Walt Disney's Robin Hood. And the site was created by a Canadian art student in competition with her sister and a friend in 1998 to see who could generate the most web traffic. She won. Yes, she fucking did. (laughs) Uh, After generating only 600 views in eight months, her website suddenly went viral, and in just four days, it saw 600,000 views, gaining popularity through emails, blogs, and even bumper stickers. And that was what we've talked about a few other times when you had to type in www.hamsterdance.com. <laughs> or else you wouldn't find it because there was no Google. Mm-mm. Do you remember when you had to, you, you could stop typing in the www? You yes. You didn't have to do it anymore. It was exciting. It was so exciting. Yeah. We're like. <sighs> and now you're like, wait, what? Who still types in www? Like, I have to type in anything? 
Read my mind. Wait. Wait, don't read my mind. Wait. Did I say something? Why didn't it just show up? I assume that's how it works. Oh, I talk I about a toothpaste brand and it's the day. fucking thing I see on a fucking Facebook for the next five days. Mm-hmm. So with the wide use of social media and sites like Reddit, uh, 9 gag and 4chan, it has become increasingly easy for memes to and gain. Is 4chan still a site? 4chan is still a site. Oh. 4chan, when it started out, wasn't like the racist hellscape that it is today. Okay. I just didn't know 4chan was still a thing. It's definitely still a thing. I'm pretty sure 8chan might still even be a thing, which is gross. It's been a lot easier for memes to go popular and uh, go viral overnight since a lot of these websites have millions of uh, daily visitors looking to have a lol or two. But another good example of memes and how they've transformed is lolcats. So, lolcats is another thing that's not as new as it actually seems. I mean, lol, lol, is obviously a newer thing. But uh, pics of goofy cats with captions dates way the fuck back to the 1870s. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me, yeah. actually, and at all. Hold on, I have a picture, which I saved so that everybody can see it later. But it's important. <laughs> Um, this dude, a British photographer named Harry Pointer, used to create a uh, carte de visite, which is a special like type of pictures that you would just keep up in your house. When I looked it up, it was like, they're called visiting cards. And I'm like, yes, I'm not a fucking idiot. I understood <laughs> that. I don't know what that is, though. Uh, so cool. Thank you, Internet. You're the best. But yeah, he created a series of them featuring cats posed in various situations and added amusing text intended to make them funnier. And uh, he wasn't even the only one doing this old-timey wall cat shit. Surprise me. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, the first recorded use of the term wall cat was... Uh, used on 4chan back in the day when 4chan wasn't a racist telescope. <laughs> <laughs> That's still not racist enough for big time racists, so they had to go further into the word work into 8chan. But yeah, they used it back as far as 2005 or 2006, and the domain name Lolcats was registered in June of 2006. And their popularity was spread on a lot of different forums and Reddit and something awful and shit like that. But yeah, Lolcat was one of those memes that evolved and kind of changed. It had its own language. So, like, Lolspeak, can I have a cheeseburger, would translate to I can has cheeseburger. Uh, and also, so, two different things. I hate everything right now. <laughs> As of 2010, the Lolcat translation of the Bible <laughs> finished all of it, including the New Testament. And in December of 2014, the word lolcat even entered the uh, Oxford English Dictionary. <laughs> Before the internet came along, memes tended to, and like even early internet when it wasn't just in your pocket, memes were a little bit more edgy or had a little bit more political or cultural significance. And then when they got more popular, they got a little bit less 
that way and more something that everybody can enjoy accessible. And as the internet became more accessible as it did in the 2010s with cell phones and just being able to look at every, anything, anytime, which uh, just to give you a reference or some context, their first iPhone was in 2007. Yeah. Um, so, so did memes and they became more a language that we all speak and a way to get your ideas across. Uh, you see a lot of companies trying to harness memes and it usually looks silly as shit. Uh, the only one that actually I would say does well at all would be Arby's because they Arby's 1000% fucking nails it. Understand the like the weird, culture, dark referential, stupid humor that we get. The like <sighs> Arby nails all of their fucking. They kill it. Ugh. It's yeah. They have really good. Curly fries too good. Also that. Anybody else who tries, it's embarrassing. Don't do the thing. Don't actually do that, mm-hmm. though. I would say that memes, and not just me, other people say this. <laughs> memes defined the 2010s. Just me. Just me. I'm the only person who's ever said this. And if you want to report on it, you have to cite me. No. That would be terrible. Basically, because we all started to get smartphones, memes defined the 2010s. So... Besides smartphones, you also had the increasing domination of fucking Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all other social media platforms, which are slowly being absorbed by Facebook anyways. So exactly gross. But yeah, memes were slowly evolving to become more than just a fun, easy piece of internet humor. Um, They were encompassing hashtags and viral videos and like starting their own communities and shit like that. Also, with increasing frequency, memes stood in for political arguments and ideological positions. Uh, They became right-wing recruitment tools, which is gross, weapons of harassment, which is also gross. Uh, They also became the tools of the offline political resistance movements from places like Washington, D.C., but also in like places like Hong Kong. This was also the decade that some online memes became more tangible offline disruptors. So what I mean by that is that something silly that started online could become something huge and stupid or terrible. So like all of the idiots who decided that they were going to actually storm Area 51. Exactly. Uh, the two little girls who decided that they were going to murder their friend for Slender Man. Yeah, but it's not all the worst, though. (laughs) Most of the time, memes are pretty chill. One of the memes that has defined a lot of our generation is the this is fine meme. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, did you see someone made a meme with the this is fine dog? And it was a firefighter carrying about. (laughs) I'm having genuine emotions about this and I don't know what to feel. (laughs) Oh no, there she goes. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> but yeah, um, it originated in a, it's actually part of a six panel comic. And the cartoonist uh, Casey Green wrote it for their web comic uh, gun show. But basically you have the first two panels and he continues to drink as he slowly like melts away saying this is fine. And he's literally like a skeleton in the last panel. Like, it's pretty on the nose. (laughs) A lot of people have used it for all sorts of different things. 
And at one point, Casey Green was like, this is some bullshit. The right wing tried to use it. And then I can't remember if it was a website or something like that basically was like, hey, we actually talked to the cartoonist who did this and we paid them to do a new cartoon about how they actually feel. And it's just like an elephant in like a top hat where everything is burning around him. It's like, just so you know, (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) Another one that we've got, so we've got, we're going from Lolcats over, Lolcats were the early to mid 2000s, shit like that, and um, they were just, you know, captioned nonsense and sarcastic. It was cats. But later in 2013, we got into our good friend Doge. And so this I didn't know, but um, there was the original Doge is a, a sweet Shiba Inu yep. named Kabosu. Kabosu. Mm-hmm. Who's a rescued shelter puppy. Pumi. Yeah. And, um, Shiba Inus have so much attitude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just became the adorable face of Doge, which was um, an image macro turned linguistic meme whose effects were manifold. Gasp. That's a quote. But basically, Doge gave us such adjective, very noun, and it has become part of our language mm-hmm. as a result. Doge. Yeah. And even like just looking at them. Also, Doge predated Doggo, which is um, the good doggos, which came from We Rate Dogs Twitter. Um, so probably without Doge, we wouldn't have Doggo. Doggo. Such accomplish. Very well. Um, I know what a sweet baby so after we started with memes the next kind of thing that they did we have uh, reaction gifs what would I do without reaction gifs I have so many feelings that can only be said through gifs for real Uh, so these are memorable (laughs) how many times do you send me that Skeletor fucking gif literally it is the most important part of my life (laughs) Um, but yeah, they're memorable scenes from movies, TV shows, and videos, uh, converted into animated GIFs and short fun. They have no sound, but it's just like captions and nonsense. (laughs) You can feel it, (laughs) but we all know what it is. If I tell you that Tyra Banks was rooting for you, we were all rooting for you. You know what I'm fucking talking about, even if you've never seen that shit before in actual America's Next Top Model. Which you should, because it's trash. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good, and I'm sorry. (laughs) So memes are a part of where we're at socially. Um... How many Bernie memes have you fucking seen (laughs) with the once again, I'm asking you, blah, blah, blah. Um, They've become instrumental in how people get their news or information about important things and bringing the community together. And make Uh, us just not take everything so fucking seriously because life is hard. But also they show you a lot of serious information, but not in a way that makes you want to jump out your window, which is really great. There are plenty of people these days who uh, use Instagram or other social media as the place where they mainly get their news, which is a big hard yikes, but also, like, it makes sense. Where, like, every place is 
Well, we don't have TV. There isn't. We don't have TV, and even if we did have TV, what the fuck are we supposed to watch? Well, one yes. biased thing it's or true. the other biased thing? And it's thing. like, it's one of those things where I don't personally look it up, but no. then as soon as I see it, I'm like, wait, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And then I'll look it up. Exactly. <laughs> it's the thing that, like, Instagram and, like, that sort of meme accounts inform and educate their followers for a lot of things that they wouldn't know about beforehand. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of things, a long, long list that I would have no idea about if I didn't have, like, if I didn't spend a way too much time, time on time Instagram, on Instagram or on Tumblr before and things like that. Ooh. But yeah, so like meme accounts can be a great way to make sure that reliable information reaches a broader uh, audience that doesn't follow traditional media, which to be fair, traditional media is trash and costs too much. It's true. Uh, I'm not going to pay for 40 mm-hmm. dumb news shows that all make me want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've seen different accounts. So this is a quote from our good friend, the manager of memes. Their good friend. Mm-hmm. And because I forgot his name. We've seen different accounts rise up to the occasion, especially during these times, to help inform and educate their followers and support others in the community who are hurting right now. Memes are always evolving, which is the amazing part of meme culture. Yeah, so who knows where memes will go, but as long as I can send Skeletor shaking his fist to say exactly what I'm feeling at any time, it works for me. Also, that is literally a part that I wrote I get it all the time. Yep. I get that all the time. It's important. It is. It works for so many situations. It's the only thing. It's the only emotion that I actually have. That's not. Ah! No, there are other emotions. Yes. I just don't have good gifts for them. No, it's true. Nobody wants a. I'm incredibly depressed. <laughs> no. Sweet memes. They're great. I fucking love memes. They literally the only thing that has been making me get through this week. Yeah, because this week was one day that was a thousand years long. Yes. It's Groundhog's Day. Yeah. All right. Our food's here. Yeah. So we're going to eat. We're gonna I go. have to pee very bad. <laughs> I also have to pee again. So, um, yeah. 31. 31. Yeah. Woo. Thanks for joining us again. Next week starts Christmas. Oh, boy. For me, anyways. Well, yes. Uh, get ready for I that. don't know if I have a month of Christmas stuff for you guys, but <laughs> I will have more than I would if I was doing this on my own. Because Martha knows I'll be sad otherwise. Exactly. And she has to live with me. Yeah. So, sorry if you don't like this. Deal with it. But uh, while you're dealing with it, rate, review, and subscribe. I didn't talk about Chris Evans at all. Oh. But I just did. Christmas Evans. Oh, Chris Evans loves Christmas. Are you surprised? I'm not. No, of course I'm not. Okay, so. (laughs) Rate, review, and subscribe. (laughs) Yeah. We're, We're on Apple Podcasts. And we're on Spotify. (laughs) Sorry, I'm still thinking about Chris Uh, Evans. Christmas Evans. (laughs) Chris Evans and some reindeer antlers. Christmas Evans is like Christmas Eve. I'm just thinking of Chris Evans and reindeer antlers and and like tiny, tiny boxers that have Christmas lights on I was just going to say in reindeer antlers and just whipped cream. That's fine too. Possibly with a banana off his butt. Who doesn't love a good person Banana who likes playing? Oh, that too. I was making a... But I'm ching. Reference. You're right. 
you should watch Not Another Teen Movie if you haven't watched it. It's because real funny. we're probably going to reference it again. <laughs> because it's a movie of basically a meme. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> actually. Essentially. Mm-hmm. We'll bring right. it back. Yeah. Did we mention all the other places that we are at? We're at Spotbean. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Podbean and ESO Network. Spotbean does not exist. But if it did, we'd be there too. We would also fucking be there. If it did, we'd be the kings and queens of Yes, Spotbean. absolutely. All right. Drop us your favorite meme. We love memes. We so drop us your fucking favorite meme. meme fans. Yes. Whether it's on our Instagram, which is at the first talk nerdy. Let's talk. <laughs> you know, it's our, it's the name of our podcast. You guys can read. We believe in you. Also, the name of our podcast is our, our email, email address. address at yahoo.com. <laughs> Shit. We gotta go. Yes. We're done. Bye. Bye. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.